listening to What the Truck. Oh! Three shows in a row with a different co-host each time. This time I'm joined by market expert Kevin Hill. You guys have seen his uh, his face and his head around the block a few times. Thank you for having me, Junior. Oh, of course, man. This I had to see him. This is going to be a fun show. Yeah. Well, do you know where uh, Mr. Chad is? I don't. He's on a cruise. Is he really? Yeah. Or the Caribbean or I have no idea. No. Have you ever been on a cruise? I have not. Yeah, I um I feel like I'd just rather like fly somewhere and then deal with it when I get there and not have to get like a neurovirus or something. I know. I, I like local food. Yeah. Right? If I'm gonna flow out of the country, I wanna eat local food. Yeah. And speaking of neurovirus, you saw that slack about the uh the sugar free gummy bears, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. All right, and you yeah. avoided them. I did. I have not had okay. any gummies. Okay, hope everyone in this uh in this booth did. One thing I did see, though, before we get to the headlines, is uh, have you seen the warehouse robots that are not just warehouse? I mean, these are uh, security guard robots. They basically look like hoverboards with like an iPad on it. And it it's looking for uh, perpetrators. I don't know. I have not seen this. What I I didn't think you were going to go there. Okay, so these. I thought you meant the, the little strolling robots. And, yeah, they and are. The plants, right? The... Oh, no, no. So these things are like they look like hoverboards. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know if they set on fire, like the ones that were really popular a few Christmases ago, but they, they, they roam around. And it's kind of scary. Like, it showed, like, a guy in a hoodie just kind of being sketchy near a fence. But I'm thinking, like, have you ever seen RoboCop? Yeah, I have, yes. Remember when, like, Ed 209 just couldn't turn himself yeah, off when yeah. the guy had the gun? Yeah. This is going to happen to somebody. I, I know. Sooner than later. I, it, it will. <laughs> automated process. And one day we'll be reading it in the headlines. But first, let's pay the bills. This episode of What the Truck is brought to you by Truckstop.com, the world's most trusted load board. Want to find the best carriers at the best rates? See market data, build relationships, and grow your business with Truckstop.com. Visit Truckstop.com today for more information. The Headlines! Speaking of data in this scary, brave new world, Los Angeles looks at how to head off cyber attacks. Talk about how vital and important data is to the supply chain. We're not sure if everyone uh, knows that yet, though. You know, we're hearing a lot about ransomware, ransom attacks, people having to spend Bitcoin to release their freight. Well, someone's taking it seriously. It's the Port of Los Angeles. They are a testbed for the latest in logistics technology because they are a target for threats facing that technology. And to stave off those threats, the largest U.S. seaport is seeking bids for a turnkey cybersecurity center, a first-of-its-kind solution that will help reduce the port-wide risk of cyber incidents that could disrupt the flow of cargo into the port of Los Angeles. As described in a recent proposal, the center will look much like it would be expected to look. Well, what would it be, What would you expect it to look like? A cybersecurity building? Just like a bunch of, like, just a server bunch bays. Just servers, and yeah. you know? Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Guys in, like, or, Ray-Bans dressed like the Matrix. Yeah, with yeah. ponytails. Okay, so I guess that's what that's what I would expect it to look like. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a Harborside Department building. The center would have a video wall with six monitors. Hey, kind of like upstairs. Yeah. Video conferencing systems, two internet service connections, backup power and resiliency measures, and four workstations. So, pretty cool. At least they're starting to take these threats seriously. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, because cybersecurity is a huge threat to everybody. But I yeah. don't know why they have monitors, six monitors up. What are they tracking? I, I guess threats, that? threat levels, right? Threat levels? Yeah. Okay. Just through the ports, right? Yeah. What's going on in the air, though? Oh, in the air. So UPS uh, announced solid second quarter earnings, mm. I believe, yesterday. And it's the uh, best one-day share game that, that they popped since 2008. 
2008. Wow. So right before like the uh, the Great Recession of the 2000s, right? Exactly. So the best quarter earnings since the Great Recession. Interesting. So and a lot of that's attributed to uh, FedEx's canceling of Amazon. Wow. uh, Contracts. So they're picking up business from them. Hopefully, it's it's, it sounds like it's very profitable business. Yeah. Uh, But air volumes in the second quarter surged by 30 percent year over year, and this pace puts year on year gains. More than anyone can ever recall. So even wow. maybe before 2008. Did they ask everyone to see if they could recall that? I, I think they did. <laughs> they you know, did. That that like, was one of nobody the could do it. So uh, any analyst who asks a question, they ask a question first. I yeah, guess. No. I guess so. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But um, yeah. 8% so, year-on-year increase, yeah, right, yeah. in the first quarter? Wow. Yeah. Indicated 20 years in the desert. Next day, air, it's found a trend, you know, and the Amazonification. We talk about this every yes. episode. It's radically and finally, really, really disrupting business. Majorly disrupting business. Majorly disrupting business, and everyone else is trying to catch up. And some people are kind of catching up, and we'll hear more about that in a few minutes with Anthony Smith, who is doing a lot of work on e-commerce yeah. and delivery. So Yeah, Amazon's move to compress delivery commitments for users of its prime service is uh, is really, really what's going on here. It is. You know, we talk about data, and here's an interesting result of data or not being able to see something in data, and it's these, there's 1,100 fracking wells in the Permian Basin that went unreported in 2018, and the, that causes a problem, right? So the report, yeah. of the, the report from energy data analysis from the Kairos points mm-hmm. out that the fracking activity within the Permian basis, Basin was unreported by as much as 20% in 2018. The data from Cairo showed that more than 1,100 wells remained unreported, a mismatch that could have serious repercussions on the available spare production capacity in U.S. shale oil market, which means that though U.S. shale oil production has been showing a steady increase, the production levels per well might not be as high as previously thought. Kevin, what happens when... Data purity is a huge thing, right? We always talk Mm -hmm. about data purity, making sure data is accurate. So... What kind of havoc could something like this wreak? It could throw off taxes, especially yeah. for for Texas, right? The, yeah. the oil shell taxes. If there's eleven hundred unreported, maybe I, I don't know how how you you miss eleven hundred wells. Yeah, you're supposed to have a permit for each well, so I don't know exactly where the the follow through went down, but yeah, it puts through it it, it throws off all the economics. Wouldn't uh, that mean there's drilling, was... existing drilling, orphan wells, but. It, would that mean there's an extra, there's a surplus of oil because we weren't aware of these ones or not necessarily? Well, there, there should be an excess of oil, right? Yeah. So if you're missing 1,100 oil wells, uh, you know, you would think that there'd be an excess. You'd hope there'd be an excess or yeah. maybe these are dormant wells. I, I guess I'm not so. really sure. Well, Kevin, it seems like we have a theme going on here. And I know we have a headline from our uh, recently acquired our new friends at yeah, AmericanShipper.com. American Tell yeah. us about that one. So this kind of goes back through not not exactly to cybersecurity, but security yeah. with inbound products coming into into the U.S. with the rise of e-commerce and the Amazon Amazonification. Yeah. And so the U.S. Customs, Customs and Border Protection Voluntary Pilot Program to collect advanced information on e-commerce shipping from abroad is not a data grab, mm. is what the CBD. Um, Thomas CPD, Overracker, yeah, right? Thomas Overracker, uh, executive director for cargo and conveyance security at the Asian Trade Symposium in Chicago. That's what he said on, on Tuesday of this week. And the pilot program is for freight forwarders and shippers and online marketplaces uh, to electronically transmit certain data elements related to their shipments to the agency 
in advance of arrival in the U.S. So I guess there's there's so many parcel deliveries coming in uh-huh. that's just impossible to really monitor it. Wow. So I think a big takeaway from this one is that they're calling it it's not a data grab. What do you think that they mean by that? Is, is he talking about sort of the trepidation the trepidation that shippers have about sharing data with partners? And, and is that what's going on here? I think that's certainly in the consumer trepidation with uh, sharing uh, your purchases with uh, the yeah. government as well. Yeah. But shippers as well, right? It's just another regulatory hurdle that they have to uh, allow for or allot funds or resources uh, yeah. to, to comply with uh, these. But I guess it's voluntary right now. Or are they testing out the system? I mean, it sounds like they are. He mentioned this, uh, the electronic transmission data elements at a symposium on Tuesday, the yeah. Federal Register yeah. notice. I don't know. Interesting stuff. Uh, it's going to commence on August 22nd. Well, we'll see how it, how it goes then. Yeah. Does it concern so you is, at all? Not really. Yeah. Not really. I, I don't really order too many things directly from outside the U.S. Yeah. So. You know what? You know what drives me nuts? That people. Yeah. So one of people out there. Number uh, yeah. One of the number one things that's sold from Amazon, right, on Prime Day uh-huh. were uh, like those genealogy kits, right? Those DNA tests. Yeah. People are afraid of a data grab, yet they're giving out the most vital data possible. <laughs> I know, right? DNA, man. I know. What are you doing? They're out all there? the craze, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have a problem with that, but, you know, whether we buy a, a hoverboard. Yeah. Did you buy anything concerned. on Prime Day? Uh, I think I did, but I can't even remember what it was. Wow. It was like a week ago. It was a week yeah. ago, right? That's so scary. something showed up my door. Yeah. Uh, I think it was some essential thing. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Did you buy anything? Yeah. No. I I've mentioned on here. I got a laptop for my wife, and I got a uh, I got one of those Echo Dots. So on Alexa. Oh, and by the way, so hey, yeah. thank you. You actually segued me. I didn't even write this into okay, uh, into our thing. But American Shipper. You mentioned the headline was yes. from there. Now, oh, yes. if you add the skill American Shipper, you will be able to get your daily reports. Oh, very nice. All right, let's talk to Anthony Smith. I see him walking down the hall. Let's talk to yeah. him. So focus with him on e-com. He's been doing some studies on them. Aha. Uh-huh. Welcome, Anthony. Man, I like the shirt. Long live the king. Long live right. the king. And that is Scar. That is not Mufasa. The rightful king. That's right. Yeah. Rightful king. Is it okay to spo- can you sp- is it okay to spoil the Lion King like when they remake a movie? Mm. Can you mention what happens to Mufasa? I mean, nineteen ninety two is the original one, right? 93? Yeah, or ninety one, maybe even Some- early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. I, I think I think most people have seen it. Most people have seen it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's on you at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've shown my kids to it. It's actually been re- you know Disney sometimes has like the vault where the movies go back in there, mm-hmm. but it actually came out on digital and Blu ray a couple years ago. I um I bought a copy. I've shown it to my kids. They just can't yeah. wait to be king. You have to show them the original before they start getting all these remakes. Yeah. Although, you know what? I do skip because they're a little young. I skip through the part where what happens to, again, I'm not sure if I should spoil it. What happens (laughs) to Mufasa happens to Mufasa. Mm. Yeah, that that could be a little traumatizing. And the other movie you're watching was The NeverEnding Story when Artex goes through the swamp of sorrow. That's kind of another skipper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. So e-commerce. You've been studying up on e-commerce. What is going on in there? We just had Prime Day. We mentioned it. He bought... uh, he spent a whole bunch of money on there, I but know, can't I, remember, I can't remember. It. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get, like, packages in the mail, I, I and you're going to forget I, what you I, got. Like, exactly what happened. Gonna, I, yeah, I don't know what it Christmas ordered. in July, I know. You're your right. own secret Santa. Yeah. I, I know. I love it. That's I love good it. Stuff. Yeah. Great. yeah, I've been looking at Amazon Prime, and I really think that uh, Prime Day, they're really setting the tone for the e-commerce wave. I don't think that's too much of a surprise. 
But looking at all the trends, so like this Amazon Prime, they're really starting to shorten the window. Like it yeah. used to be two-day delivery. Mm-hmm. Now it's like a one-day delivery. Yeah. Some items even same-day delivery. Yeah. Except when they pull that thing that like, well, it's two-day from when it ships. Right. Sometimes you'll buy something Prime and you'll mm-hmm. be like, why is this taking over a week to show up? Mm-hmm. And they'll, as I always say to Chad, they kind of gaslight you a little bit. And they're like, well, no. And it used to be you could complain and they would give you a free month right. of Prime. But right. they've, they've gotten a little bit more. They're they, big now. You have to complain, like, you have to just annoy the heck out of the person <laughs> in the chat to, to get that free money. Right, right. And I think the other part is, is, like, other brick-and-mortar stores kind of coming and catching on on the wave. Yeah. Like, Target, I think, is going to try to be competitive. Walmart. Yeah. All these other br- yeah. brick-and-mortar stores, like, uh, they had their own, like, anti-prime day or Christmas and July days, yeah. like, Best Buy. They had all these different deals. Did it work, though? Because we heard, like, Amazon themselves, Prime Day, every year it grows. And this mm. year it said they had more sales combined than they do on Black Friday right. and and the, and right after Christmas. Right. So that is pretty amazing stuff, right? Right. Yeah, and I think some part of it is they definitely want the sales. That's great. But I think a big part of it is just like increasing that membership because you have to yeah. be a member in order to like get these deals. So if you become a member and then they want to get in your house, they yeah. want you to have an Alexa. Yeah. I have so they, one now. I know I yeah, do. They're they're there. They're in your house and yeah. they might even I don't know I'm not in the boardrooms. I don't know if they sell them at a loss or whatever. But I can imagine them. They have to. It's like $15, right. the one that I got on Prime Day. I think mm-hmm. they're $24, $25 oh, yeah. regularly. Mm-hmm. But the speaker is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's got voice control. I mean, I'm sure the thing, you know, even out of China by the time it's landed, right. cost on it has to be at least $25. Right. It's, it's like an investment in, yeah. like, the future of, like, hey, we're going to be ingrained in everyone's house. So, And it's sort of like the ecosystem that Apple has created on the, like, the cell phone and the tablet side. Uh, it, everything is so app based and and my photos are based in their cloud and all and and the programs and you get used to that sort of ecosystem i guess right. it's ecosystem capture mm-hmm. and they're doing it on the e-commerce side which is really powerful but one thing i always mention in and i ask our experts when they come in is it dangerous for target or walmart to try to compete with amazon cuz this is like this is what amazon does this is what amazon does and i think it might be the only way that Target can and and Walmart's can like really stay afloat, really. Yeah. But they need that presence, and I think it's going to have to be like a trial and error because now they still have that uh, uh, at least the advantage of I want to see the item before I actually buy it. Yeah. So there's that. But now you have some of the Amazon Prime prod or products where you can do like the VR. How does this look in my house? And yeah. you kind of do the virtual reality thing, like the augmented reality yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Do you like so they have like Prime Trunk and. Amazon has great return options, but I can tell you, I almost never, ever return anything. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. way too, I just don't do it. I'm like, I need a new box. I have to go to the post service. Like, unless it, I guess it was really expensive, but if it was, I don't know. I just, I've never returned anything to Amazon. I think that's another thing. Like, with the advantage for, like, brick and mortar stores, you can return stuff. But yeah. who knows how long that's going to last of, like, the ease of being <laughs> yeah. able to return. And now it's going to be a cost of, like, you have to return it. Yeah, I, I've never returned anything. It's just too much of a hassle. Yeah. What am I supposed to go down to the post office? That's where I order from Amazon, mm-hmm. so I don't have to go to the post office. Yeah. I don't have to, to pick up anything. Right. I do have a question on the, the e-commerce side, though. Uh, I keep uh, reading a little bit about uh, both both Alibaba mm-hmm. and, and also Shopify, mm-hmm. trying to, I think, maybe oh, get yeah. into the logistics space with all their mm-hmm. their small small business e-tailers that are on the Shopify uh, platform as someone who's had a, a Shopify platform and sold e-commerce. Right. Uh, it seems like uh, they're jumping into the, the whole competitive market of yeah. of delivery as well. And to right. jump on top of that, on LinkedIn, and he may be watching, but Sal on LinkedIn, he asked yeah. me, Alibaba made the announcement that they're opening their doors to U.S. e-tailers. Mm-hmm. 
he wanted to know what kind of effect this was going to have on Amazon and the general market. My thinking was that it wouldn't really hurt exports because China subsidizes a lot of those shipments that come here, but it could really change the game within our own shores if Alibaba builds out a network. Would that be a correct assumption or what do you think will happen? I think, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's going to, you know, start to, okay, maybe Amazon's going to have some competition because yeah. up until now they've just been leading the charge in this whole area. So I think nothing but good can come of it because yeah. if you have that competition, you're going to be forced to innovate and you're not just like, all right, moving things on your own terms. Yeah. And so that's going to be a good thing, I think, for us and if ultimately as the final consumers. Yeah. Um, and for Target and Walmart, right? Because Walmart. It, it gives Amazon has to, has to punch one more guy out right. at the bar now. Right. And I think the other thing is, is like Amazon is really starting to build into that self-sustainable hub. So like you saw a thing with UPS or really kind of building out their own logistics uh, system. I think they just, they're building out a air hub in Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And sooner or later, they're just going to be able to just do their own thing. And they even have like their own Amazon products. So yeah, they don't even have to really care about other retailers. Really, if They're making their own stuff. They're selling their own stuff and they're transporting their own stuff. It's like their own ecosystem. So I think that's going to be interesting to see if someone like Alibaba, Walmart, um, Target, are they going to pair up and do these partnerships with like other carriers or are they going to try to build out their own ecosystem as well? Kevin, do you think Alibaba might have some trouble, though, in our market because of the unfamiliarity with name? They don't have that that brand strength. We've heard of companies like Wowie getting kicked out of the United States because mm-hmm. of data theft. Uh, and uh, and if you go on Alibaba, a lot of the stuff, at least in the past, had been sort of counterfeit versions of other yeah, goods yeah. for very cheap. Well, this allows small businesses, right, to to create their own platform. Yeah. And from an article I read on FreightWaves today, uh, people are such a skeptical of whether Alibaba will compete with their own vendor network the way Amazon does right now with Amazon branded mm-hmm. essentials that you know you're paying Amazon to get lifted up into the search order and then you're competing against them uh with their basically private label so i I think that's a plus for alibaba but yeah yeah, the name recognition is going to be their their biggest hurdle yeah uh, number one right i mean how many people know about alibaba other than like sellers on etsy who buy things for very cheap out there and pretend they're cracks Calling some uh, of you guys out. I've seen, I've seen them on there. I, I look at Alibaba myself sometimes for things. I get deserve, especially for mm-hmm. mini cowbells. I've been trying to get some of those with the What the Truck logo. And, uh, you know, so interesting times. Anything else you can leave us with before you take off? Anything else in the e-commerce field that people should uh, take note of? I think nothing really. I mean, I think e-commerce is the way of the future. Um, yeah. that, that goes without being said. Um, other than that, I think everyone's going to try to throw their hat in the ring and um, try to compete the best they can. And I think we're going to we're going to ultimately benefit from it because they're they're competing for our business. You did mention self-sustained, sustainable transportation to me. What does that mean? Um, so are you, are you like, so for being able to have their own transportation system. Oh, okay. Inside. So like what Amazon is doing mm-hmm. with, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do, do you think Your Alibaba and, and, and Target and Walmart are going to have to get into that space too? I think so. I mean, or partnerships are going to have to form. Yeah. Right? Like, UPS has a strong partnership with Best Buy or these affiliations with each other saying that I'm going to carry whatever it is that, you know. Can be dangerous, though. Look at XBO. Yeah. They had a big contract with Amazon and they got hurt pretty mm-hmm. much more than anybody. Yeah. Like, they're st- half the valuation of that company for losing 5% of your business. Right. That was a brutal. Right. The market treated that really harshly and they still right. haven't fully recovered. I think they're back up to like 60 maybe $70 mm-hmm. now. But, like, mm-hmm. they were at, I think their high 120. was 120 Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tough stuff. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Anthony Smith. Thank you for Thanks joining me. Thanks for having us. me. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, this is the first time we are on YouTube. Hello, YouTube audience. Hello, YouTube. And Hello. Twitter. We've been we've been going on Facebook for a couple yeah. weeks. So for that audience here, give him a little bill. Yeah. Oh. For the king. For the king. For the king. Wow. Just a wow. I know. Just what one. a power Just move. One. I, I know. What a power move. <laughs> wow. You know what time it is. This is the back hall edition. We play a little game on here. It's called Earnings Over Under. Boom. Mm. Here he comes. Big man. Wow. It is earnings season, right? And that is... Uh, yes, it is. All hands on I deck know. for you editorial guys. Here's JP from our editorial staff. And if you've been a longtime listener of What the Truck, he's one of the granddaddies of it all. He's back on the show for the uh, second episode in a row. I've never played this game before, though. There's a rumor that not? I heard online that you and Chad are the same person, and that's why you haven't <laughs> been in the same room over the past, <laughs> the past two episodes. I don't know. He's on a cruise. He's on vacation yeah. in Canada. I promise. <laughs> is, is he in is Canada? He in Canada? No, no. He's in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Oh, yeah. I thought you said he was on a cruise. He, that's an interesting in, cruise to in, Colorado, I know, right? I don't know. I guess you could. I heard he was on a cruise. Maybe, maybe he's telling everyone a different story. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a Facebook post. I, I thought it, it seemed like Colorado. Maybe it wasn't. Okay, well, I don't know. This is the mystery <laughs> of the missing Chad. We'll find out one of these days yeah. where Chad's hanging. <laughs> All right, guys. Earnings under and over under. You know the rules, right? I, I, I tell you a stock, the name, the, the company. I tell you the estimated earnings per share. And okay. you either say over or under. Okay. I'll tell you the result, and what then about, you can kind of give me What about in line? In line. In line? Wait, there is one in line. Is oh, I don't know if it's on oh, the nice. page. Oh. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, okay? Okay. Since this is your, well, I don't know. Who goes first? You'll go first. You're going to go first. Okay. All right. Less than truckload carrier. Old Dominion Freight Line. Easy. Beat. Estimated earnings per share. Whatever it was, it was a beat. 211. Yeah. yeah. Over. You're going over. Okay. Oh, over, yeah. You're both yeah. going over. Yeah. Gosh. Well, all right. You made it easy. <laughs> You're both getting a little cowbell for that one. It's over. They have Thomasville, North Carolina-based Old Dominion reported earnings per delighted share of 216, an 8.5% increase over year earlier figures. So why did you go over? Um, Old Dominion is one of the best-run trucking companies in the country, uh, proven time and time and mm. again that they can be operate efficiently, um, yeah. even in soft uh, markets. Their truck is uh, right there. I don't know if the camera can see it, but there they are. Oh, yeah. Literally, yeah, uh, Zach Strickland, the Sultan of Sonar, once <laughs> said, why can't the whole world be more like Old Dominion? Wow. They were the bellwether stock of the LTL world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. This will be, you're going to start this one okay. off. It's Jacksonville-based 3PL, Landstar Systems, estimated earnings per share. Consensus was $1.54, over, under. In line? No. Um. Uh, over. Okay. Under. Mm-hmm. This cowbell rings uh, for you, JP. Nice. Uh, they were under. It was $1.53. In early June, oh. the asset light provider of Transportation Solutions warned that there was a risk for the bottom end of its guidance range at an investor's conference. At the time, Landstar's president and chief executive officer, Jim Gatani, said weak truckload spot market fundamentals resulted in a 1% year-over-year decline in volumes and a low double-digit decline in truck revenue per load. Is this something that we're going to see with all the assets or a lot of them going to have trouble clearing their estimations? It, honestly, it depends on how well they've managed expectations, right? Yeah. We're not saying like whether they grew earnings over last year. We're just saying whether they're beating the analyst estimates. And if they are smart and if they're listening to their data scientists yeah. and, and sonar, yeah. and stuff yeah, like sonar, that, yeah. they, they should know, uh, you know how well um, the business climate's doing. Yeah. And obviously reading articles on FreightWaves.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When the I interesting thing about 
the land stars, 15% down on dry vans and 7% down on flat decks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You're bringing like a little extra, little extra oomph to your right, an- right, analysis right, it, right yeah, here. Yeah. Well, this is, this is probably one of the more educated earnings per share we've had because you are a reporter who deals with this stuff all of the time. You talk to all of these 3PLs and you have those relationships. And, uh, and this was the 3PL. So, this is definitely in your playground, and you do all the reporting on it. You are on the, uh, what is your group called? The Freight Intel Team now? Uh, the Freight El- Intel Team. Yes. The Freight yeah, Intel yeah. Team. All right, well, number three, JP's okay. leading, right? Sure. It's two to one. You're going to lead this off. Yes. Company you like to troll sometimes. Nice. Tesla. Consensus <laughs> 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 earnings per share, 40 cents. Over, under. Uh, way under. All right, it's going way under. Oh, of course, under. This is all right. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It was, and it was. It, it was one of those ones that if you look at guidance or not, and you look at gap or not, you're going to see yeah. a little bit of a different story. But neither of them are going to be above that. And for this one, it was under by a dollar twelve, right? And that was mm-hmm. despite falling short, though. The electric automaker reaffirmed its full year delivery guidance, yeah, and it said deliveries. Yeah, and saying that it expects to deliver three hundred sixty thousand to four hundred thousand vehicles in twenty nineteen. And uh, your friend, Mr. That's Elon. One of those, that's one of those where they say, we're losing money on every car we sell, but we'll yeah. make it up on volume. Yeah, which is <laughs> impossible. I, I'm not a math major. but Well, the company said, yeah, it said it sold a record number of vehicles. It sold 95,000 uh, vehicles during Q2. The Model 3 deliveries were reaching an all-time high. Where they're over 77,000. And here's what Elon Musk had to say. It might be the fastest any complex manufactured item has grown in history. He said with an investor call, and then later he added on Twitter that he is becoming a meme. Becoming what? A meme. A meme. Yeah, I would, so I would look course. at yeah. I would look at uh, model a Ford Model A growth nineteen twenty eight to nineteen thirty two. Yeah, it's probably a little oh. bit better than, than yeah. Tesla, right? Yeah, just yeah, just just a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah. I know. If I could have dinner with uh with 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 two living people, though, I think that a a, a good group would be John McAfee and Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you take that dinner reservation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That'd be a good time. That, that would be. Yeah. <laughs> the stories we'd share. Um. Okay. Now we're going to go in Chattanooga. Chattanooga-based truckload carrier, Covenant Transport. You guys familiar with them? Yep. Yes. Yeah, very familiar. Estimated earnings per share, 34 cents. That is you. Uh, me? Yeah. Under. Okay. I'm going to say under, too, although I know that they... They came they got, down. They, they guided down. Yeah, so they were over. They were over. It was 35 cents. It was 35 uh, they stand back. They stand right. back. They released that pre-announcement. Yeah. They just like yeah. supposed to beat. It, yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, and, and you're right. So management said the industry has hit a bottom. So they kind of like put out the trucking like apocalypse kind of thing here. They're like, look, everything's everything kind of sucks. The sky is falling. Mm-hmm. They believe that uh, one-way truckload market bottomed out in May, though, as conditions improved throughout June with a little bit of a retreat seen in July. They believe that capacity is coming out of the market as truck orders have fallen off and cancellations have increased. And they said that one heavy truck uh, original equipment manufacturer indicated that recent order cancellations have doubled do you guys agree with that assessment by them? Has the market bottomed out? Are we at the, is it all uphill from here? I, th- I think the down, downhill is, is, there's not much downhill left. Yeah. Right? I, I think, um, especially when you start comping after the third quarter, once yeah. you start comping fourth quarter over fourth quarter, uh, the, the comps are going to be much easier than they are uh, right now. Next quarter might be a little rough, but after that, it should improve. Uh, as as far as equities go, uh, at least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The spot market um, really fell apart, started falling apart in the fourth quarter of last year. So that that should definitely look better. Kevin, you're right about that. Um, interestingly, Echo's call, they said that they haven't 
seen in their data evidence yeah. that capacity has really left the market. They said that their brokers are still covering loads at the same rate and the same speed. So, you know, we just because seen, the market's hitting a bottom doesn't mean there won't be more exits. True. Yeah. And, and basically that is what we've seen on our survey data too, is that uh, capacity really hasn't, it, it hasn't left the market yet. Yeah. It's, it's got to at some point. But so are we going to have to wait yet. until peak season and like a peak season for like Christmas and holiday orders to really tell the tale of how the end of the year is going to round out and, and what next year is going to look like? Is is this year just a big anomaly because of that pull forward and the record capacity? What What's going on? Because those are the questions we always get on our message board and the questions that I get on LinkedIn. And I think the questions you guys always have to answer. But set the record straight right now to our live audience. I think that um, the fourth quarter is retail's um, sort of wheelhouse, right? Yeah. That's when the retail part of the economy gets to shine and consumer spending has been really strong yeah. compared to things like industrial production and uh, business investment. So, you know, that the retail side of the freight economy might be doing better than the industrial side. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think that fourth quarter should look pretty good. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think 2018 was the anomaly. Right? Yeah. 2017 was... Uh, you know, it was a little more more normal. More normal. Twenty nineteen yeah. is probably back to normal, and then twenty eighteen was a, a just a crazy year from ELTs, yeah, uh, to the tax cuts and the the, the shot to the economy, and then the pull forward. Uh, we don't have any of those tailwinds. Yeah, uh, this in twenty nineteen is is more of a normal year. Well, fortunately, that something like Sonar too could can help people at least put some of this yeah. data into context mm-hmm. and not be overly. Reactive. Those record number of truck orders are, are causing some of these carriers to go out of business because now, you know, the, the chickens are coming home to roost. You got to pay for those things and there's not enough to put inside of them. Right. All right. Last one, guys. Last one is Boeing. Boeing. This is probably going to be a tough one. Right? Boeing's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Earnings per share and a dollar ninety six consensus. I'm not sure why it would even be that high. I don't know if I'm giving I, I this one away. Know. I'm saying, I'm saying under. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure they lost money. Yeah. Like I, I, they probably lost, lost money, but I'll go over. Why not? Mm. 50-50 shot. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Way under. Way under. Core loss of $5.82 per share. Again, a lot of that is owing to the max controversy. They were hit very hard Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw something today that um, because, like. They burned a billion in cash this last quarter, right? Yeah, and that yeah. because of the um, Boeing seven thirty seven Max A controvert, you know, groundings and all that, like Southwest, which yeah. is the largest user of seven thirty sevens, is having to pull essentially pull out of the Newark airport. Like they're like they're not, I, I, yeah. I saw something like I just saw the headline, so I haven't read the article. So take this as a grain of salt. But like it seemed like they're actually going beyond just canceling flights, they're actually having to like, Isn't that like a their cardinal sin for someone who writes articles? Don't you want people... You don't want people just reading your headline. You don't want them reading the article. You wrote those thousand words for nobody. It was a good headline. Yeah. I mean, Twitter does it to you too because there's so much... And I think there must be something psychological about that, but there's so many times that you're on Twitter and you, it's so easy to get ADD on there and you're like, oh, I'm liking this. I'm retweeting this. I'm going to go back and read that later. But then you see like... You know, a picture of a of a like a guy on a bike falling off a mountain or something, and then your mind is someplace completely yeah, different. Exactly. Yeah. Well, JP, thank you for coming yeah. in. Uh, before you go, do you think Boeing is going to recover from this? Um. Yes. Yeah. I do. I think they're um. Yeah. They're w- one of the two biggest uh, airplane manufacturers in the world. Yeah. I think that I think they'll be fine in the long haul, but if <laughs> it's, it's not good. 
Yeah. I mean, the 737 yeah. thing is, is, they can't figure that out. The fact that they had like $9 an hour contractors like programming the software for these things is yeah. something that probably needs it's to be problematic. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And hopefully this changes some of those practices. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us thank today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Have a great weekend. See you later. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. Where what do we have to do now? Is it time to... Oh, is Nick Austin out there? Is it time to get a little bit of the... Uh... <laughs> the storms are blowing in. Yeah. It's our friend Stone Cold <laughs> Nick Austin. Hey, Nick. Mm. We are on uh, YouTube yeah, I and know. Twitter today as well, not just yeah. Facebook. Oh, my gosh. I know. Just That's con- fantastic. Every week it, or every day, it just upgrades that much more. Awesome. Yeah. How's it going, guys? It's been going good. good. It's been going yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. We've been yeah. running right through. We're doing earnings. A lot of e-commerce focus, and then we were talking about earnings. And, uh, you know, transportation, interesting place. Has the weather been affecting transportation at all? Uh, not in a major disruptive way, no. Yeah. Lately. You did mention that storm last week, and... Uh, you know, off the coast, and you said there might be minor port disruptions, but really nothing of of note, which is good, right? Nothing of major consequence, which is good for for business. Yeah, yeah. I was in New York City during the heat wave. It was oh, yeah. uh, hundred uh. degrees when I was there. It wasn't that bad, you know. I mean, it was, <laughs> compared to like Chattanooga, Tennessee, it was not that different. It was it was hot, you know. For yeah, I drink there, water. It was pretty brutal for up there. I mean, I because of the humidity, right? Yeah. Not just because yeah. it was hot. Yeah. It was the yeah. humidity. I don't know. I was fine. I don't uh, even wear shorts. Well, you know, I was wearing my well, jeans. I was you know, all <laughs> black, walking down the streets in New York well, like a speck. When, when it okay. hits 100 in New York, it's, it's miserable. But then right after yeah, I left. Yeah, it's just miserable. Right after I left, I was looking on Twitter, and like half of New York downtown, it seemed like it was flooded. At least Brooklyn was. What was going on there? Yeah, a lot of the a lot of it was in Brooklyn. Uh, it ended up in some subways, yeah. believe it or not. But um, yeah, the, the thing that had... Me shaking my head and my eyes rolling was were videos I saw on Twitter, mostly of uh, the flooding in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, somebody walking through flood water, crossing a street. Yeah, what's the danger in that? Well, the danger in that, or even driving <laughs> through it. I, well, I'm asking for the audience. You know, the person out there. There's probably there's at least one yeah, person watching the stream who's walked through a flood. It does throw them red meat. Right yeah, now. it doesn't. I know. It doesn't. Why not drive through water? Yeah. Who cares? Doesn't sound so bad, right? Yeah. But uh, even if the water isn't really moving fast, but well, first of all, you don't know what's floating around in that water. It's yeah. New York City. The water was up to at least to this lady's knees. Yeah, and. You don't know what kind of garbage or bacteria is floating through that water. So yeah, it could rat. be contaminated. Yeah. That's number one. Uh, you should, there were people driving through it in parts too. In one video of a car that stalled on a street or in an intersection. Could you get sucked into a sewer? Could you, like, would that be possible? Is there, or just um, no? Well, I don't know about a sewer, but yeah. for, here are the two things. Most of the time, people underestimate how deep the water is. Yeah. It doesn't might not look that deep, but it is. And number two, you never know if that road is going to wash out, depending on the condition of it, uh, under, yeah. on, uh, underneath flood water. And then you end up at a sinkhole and the water just coming in on you yeah. and you could drown. So yeah. just not a good idea. Yeah. I don't think you would get sucked into the sewer. But, okay. Well, you know, but, yeah. <laughs> get eaten by an alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe there are York. alligators. In yeah, it may yeah. be. In New York subways, I don't know. I've heard. I've heard. There was a horror movie. There <laughs> was a horror movie like yeah. that. There, there were definitely rats. rats. Yeah, there, there's like a water rat. big enough yeah. rats yeah. To, to pull you down. And like hypodermic needles or something could stab you. There's right. just a lot of yeah. bad things that could happen. Yeah, sure. Yeah, lots of bad things that could happen. I guess to the water in New York. Not, <laughs> uh, I guess the, the flood water is not as clear as the the Caribbean. Yeah, it's a little murky down. Yeah, yeah, murky out there. Yeah, yeah. Well. 
what, I mean, what caused that flood anyway? That, that was my last question. What what brought the flood in? Severe thunderstorms. Uh, severe thunderstorms. Right. Yeah. And um, but like, were there? Were, doesn't it usually take some sort of like flood levels or something for this water to to even get to that level to start washing people out? Or like it was just that there was just that much rain and Brooklyn just doesn't. Well, it, it was flash flooding, so it was just it was a lot yeah. of rain in a short period of time because yeah. what happened was they had the heat wave, and then a cold front came through, which produced the thunderstorms. Yeah, and the rain was just the rainfall rates were really heavy, so it was just coming down really hard over a short time span, and so that's when you get the quick, you know, uh, the quick rising water. Yeah, I mean, it, it once the rain stopped, the waters probably receded as fast as they. As they rose, so it's just yeah, that's all it was. Well, it's summer and it's yeah. hot all over the world, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, absolutely all time record heat in Paris. How many degrees right. Celsius is that? Uh, it was forty two point six, which is almost a hundred nine degrees Fahrenheit. Oh wow! Yeah, in Paris. Wow, in Paris. Wow, all time record high since they started keeping records. Which, the Mona Lisa was you know, sweating. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was for sure. She was. Yeah, but um. Yeah, just London too. I just read that the I think it was the hottest July day of all time for the UK. Yeah, and they don't believe in ice Nin- over there. You know, you don't. Right, right. A lot of them don't drink their their mm-hmm. their beverages. So when you go into a restaurant, they don't have ice, and the right. air conditioning isn't as robust in their networks out there either. So there are a lot of casualties, or are people more susceptible over in uh, Europe when these heat waves strike? Where have, have there been some? Deaths? I think so, including in some even cities in the northern U.S. Like yeah. in Europe, a lot of older buildings still don't have air conditioning. They don't have central air conditioning. Yeah, it was never. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't installed when the beginning at the oh when God. the building was put up, and then even years later, it, it was never installed. I lived I, when well, I was Boston. Yeah, right? when I was living in downtown Boston, the only place that I lived in that had air conditioning that had central air was a retrofitted three decker in South mm-hmm. Boston. But the apartment I was renting in um in the North End, it had a window unit which barely yeah. worked. And when it gets really humid, yeah. the like the Freon or whatever in there, I don't know if they still use Freon, but whatever they use in there. The moisture comes in. It just it just doesn't do anything. And uh, I remember I had like this leather couch, and you just like you stick to it, like you know, yep, like you're yeah, literally in your skin. Yeah, it's it it's pretty gross. Like that. Yeah, it's not fun at all. But it's even in some southern cities. Uh, this sounds strange, but um, years ago, my aunt and uncle used to live right outside of Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and mm-hmm. back in the late nineties, I went to visit them. This is in South Florida, and their house did not have central air conditioning. It was all window units. Yeah. How many Which, window units? Well, they were in almost you, you, every room, yeah. but I don't. I wouldn't want to see their power bill. That's yeah, right. no, yeah, <laughs> they, they are huge consumers I, of power. Yeah. Uh, oh. My power bill in Boston was terrible when in my house I had a a heat pump and um, mm-hmm. got yeah. hundreds of dollars a month. But anyway, yeah, I had two bad. window units in New York. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it hit ninety eight degrees at yeah. uh, Heathrow Airport. Okay, so hottest July day of all time for UK. How yeah. well, and it? for as far as recent records, you know, yeah. the modern record keeping. How hot anyway, was it? Ninety eight degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. And and monsoon for London. London, yeah, definitely. And you're predicting monsoon, or the weather's predicting monsoon yeah. floods through the weekend in the western U.S. Yeah, it's uh, been going on for a day or two now. Okay, uh, the monsoons come, uh, it's come back. It's a little bit late in the season. It's got a late start, but um, you know, parts of the desert southwest, Four Corners region, you know, those areas, the the uh, what they call the Great Basin, um, Las Vegas, and up through Nevada. So, yeah, uh, yeah just it'll they'll be kind of just scattered thunderstorms. Uh, here and there, there's going to be places that get flash flooding and yeah. 
and uh, maybe maybe flooding that lasts a little longer than just a few hours. But uh, it's going to be a problem through the weekend. Yeah. Anything worth warning shippers and carriers out there who maybe some routes to avoid or is it kind of it's just hot? You know, be mindful of that. But right, even the monsoonal moisture, like those those storms out in the desert southwest, probably won't cause major disruptions yeah. on especially on interstates uh some secondary roads there might be some roadblocks and uh because of flash flooding they might have to close some areas but probably won't cause major problems uh, i forgot to mention there is a, a tropical storm over in the far east yeah in the western pacific which uh may affect the port of tokyo over the weekend mm. as far as um, ocean cargo but it would probably just be minor like short-term delays well. So probably no big worries there. Nick, it's time to ring the closing bell. All right. On your on your <laughs> forecast here. Not enough death, destruction, and misery yeah. in the world this week from Nick. Not this time, sorry. No, no. All right. Come up with a Hope new creative. New creative didn't beat for us, you. You're gonna do another Van Halen riff for us, or just because Chad's not here. We I don't know any other Van Halen songs that oh, use cowbells. Right. There right. might be one, but I don't know what it right, is. To do your damnedest. Uh well shoot, you put me on the spot here. Uh I have no idea. Um just, just start hitting it. Okay. How's that? That was enough. that was good. That was good. That was enough. Have you ever? Are you giving this back to the me? Inside of the cowbell? Oh, like, like the, the old mixer? Yeah, yeah. The old bread and butter. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it, it. Makes a nice tone. Well, right. appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank you. Have a nice uh, weekend. Guess that's my key, right? That is your key. I guess so. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Thank you. Get out here. We're running a little long. We we're going to do five good minutes on the uh, on meth, methamphetamine. <laughs> oh, that, that's right. Yeah, maybe yeah. this would have gotten a lot faster. We, we are. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to yeah. do uh, the, the, the business of moving meth. Well, you know what? We'll hit the bumper. Five, count of five, 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 five good minutes. Maybe we won't hang a full five on this, but Kevin, you had a few out of questions. You said you listened to the most recent Freight All Kinds on, on meth and you wanted to talk about it. I, I did. So it was, it was very interesting. It's all about smuggling meth into Australia yeah. and and kind of the, the unique ways that they, they do that from Asia, right? <laughs> yeah, snow, I mean, it's, it's, snow globes yeah. is one of them. So what you're referencing is Freight All Kinds. Freight All Kinds new podcast mm-hmm. we do. Before and they've all been seized yeah. so far. So I've done carnival rides, concert stages, mm-hmm. crystal meth, <laughs> crystal meth. Also, <laughs> so, some other names for crystal meth right here for you: crystal meth, and Chrissy, Tina, Crank, Speed, Shards, Ice, Go, Wiz, Tweak, Dope, Uppers. Got any more for me? Blue Ice, Blue Ice from oh, Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad right? Yeah. Breaking Bad, exactly. Down Under style <laughs> yeah. for this particular story. Jim Wilson, he covered the story. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the big problem out there because they had a record-setting drug bust. It was a it was, uh, over $100 million worth of crystal meth were captured. Is I believe it was folded in clothing. Yes, exactly. It was folded in clothing. And it kind of goes back to the, uh, the, the, the Customs and Border Patrol. Yeah. Kind of uh, asking for data on, on shipments coming into the U.S. It's yeah. kind of one of those, uh, you know, addressing one of those problems of drugs coming into the, the country. Like, and, well, like and, the MSC vessel with the cocaine on it. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, in Philly, right? And that was a J.P. Um, Morgan Chase, right, who owned that vessel. Uh, I think they owned it, or they they had the, the stake in some sort of it, some kind of stake. Yeah. yeah, not that that yeah. means anything. It's not like J.B. Sure. Morgan Chase has no. any involvement whatsoever in the no. movement of goods. I think that it was the, the collateral to a loan or something. It is nothing. It's neither here nor there that they owned it. But yeah, just kind of interesting so, that they mm-hmm. would own a, a vessel. I never thought they owned it. I didn't. I I I personally didn't know they owned vessels. I I, I think they own just about everything. I guess a so. little bit of everything. Yeah, when you have a lot of money, I, I, I guess you're diverse, right? I know sometimes they they buy oil tankers or at least lease them to store oil. Yeah. Whenever the shell know, industry, the shell industry, 
Yeah. So uh, who are the gangs or the cartels that, that operate in Australia? Well, you know what? I, I think that if we knew that, we might be able to stop them. I've heard reports mm-hmm. that it, some of it's North Korea. Some of North Korea's funding that they do is, uh-huh. is siphoned through these gangs. I don't necessarily know if that was in Jim's story, but I've done a similar report on this before. And uh, that, yeah, that was one of the big financing behind North Korea and how they get how they get some of their money is through the importation or the exportation of, of these illegal drugs. You know, what Jim took, he went more of sort of the macro level of the like the street dealer. He went mm-hmm. down that low and he was talking about some of the the breaking bad behind it, the finances behind some of these dealers. And he compared two guys like one dealer was able to make a hundred bucks off a gram and another guy was able to make eight hundred and seven dollars. Mm-hmm. off of a gram so you know it's better business practices in the drug game yeah so what were what were the differentiators between the the good drug de- or the the profitable oh, drug like what makes a good the, one and a bad one or, or profitable and not profitable it might come back to like don't try your own supply i don't know don't like yeah don't don't do too much crystal with your friends you know invite over and have the crystal meth party true. true spillage right yeah you know up in the northeast where i'm from crystal meth wasn't a huge problem in the, in the cities there it didn't mm-hmm. infiltrate there we had the issues with oxycontin yeah we had issues uh heroin and, and then actually the synthetic like propofil was getting really mm-hmm. popular but meth was never that big in the northeast but when i was in southern california was it bad there? Yeah, because that was like a big biker gang drug, and oh, I yeah. met a few people who would who would kind of fall into that. Unfortunately, friends who'd fallen into it, and you you kind of, um, I mean, it's a different drug than heroin, but you kind of lose them rather quickly. You do, right? So, so basically, I'm from Oklahoma, and about ten years ago was the height of the crystal meth yeah. epidemic. There, you know, hotel rooms were, you know, the the, the lower lower. Uh, you know the, the the drug hotels, yeah, right? Sure. You know the the run the, the flop house kind of the places, flop house, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a fire every day in one of those because someone oh, blew the up their blew yeah. up their hotel room cooking crystal meth, right? Yeah, and that's kind of so. scary because like they make this stuff with um like if one of the reasons like when you go and you're trying to buy cough medicine, right? And they're like they ID you when you're trying yeah. to buy some Sudafed is because of the pseudofedrin that people extract from that to make to cook the meth. Yeah, the Smurfs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, crazy stuff. And, then, and like you said, that stuff can be highly volatile. It can be highly explosive. Yeah. And uh, there's been labs that have, have, and this is like the saddest part. I mean, drugs are bad enough because they hurt someone individually. But when it starts to get into the level where, you know, the high-speed trick and feed where some of the, some drivers might be taking, I'm not saying all drivers take it, but if drivers are, yeah. there was, an, there was a, an example cited in a story where this driving couple team drivers were using meth to extend their hours of service and they're driving. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, they, they crashed in. They killed some other people, including themselves. It can be dangerous, but then when the labs blow up, that's completely innocent people, you know. It is, you know, and so so the hotels, apartment buildings, yeah. How I mean, it was it was like a it was an epidemic, right? Yeah. Uh, every day, yeah. Someone set themselves on fire yeah. because they were cooking crystal meth. Well, and, you're uh, you're bringing me down. I know you're bringing me All down. Right. But right. check it out, Freight All Kinds. It's uh it's a podcast series. It's on Freightways mm-hmm. now. Freightways.com slash podcast, or go to your favorite podcast player. Look up Freight All Kinds. Subscribe. There's a new one. Every week, they're about 15 to 25 minutes, just sort of deep dives on these different types of freight, narrated by me. And uh, it's in collaboration go. with our journalists. And it's a, it's a great program. You should go check it out. Yeah. Very, you know inter- what? very interesting. Speaking of collaborations, this is when we yeah. collaborate with the audience at the new and improved freightways.com. This is a little section we like to call. The comment section rodeo. Yes. Comment. Let's see what the what are the listeners buzzing about this week? 
Let's see. The story that, that got some of the ones that caught our attention right now was the uh, the one on trucking spot market underperformed expectations by 10% in June. Jonathan Lee, he writes, spot market or not, I won't further your goods to the consumer if I can't put on my truck and make a profit myself if I'm not out here to break even. And I've seen a lot of loads that doesn't pay enough to cover expenses, let alone profit that rates are falling too far. I will just take my toys and go home. Get your wallet out and pay a fair rate for what you are shipping or I'll leave it to sit on your docks. Interesting. Ultimatum. It, it is interesting. Yeah. It is something that you, you hear about quite often, you especially think can, when rates are low. How long can you really get away with that, though, before you gotta you got to make a buck? you got to make a buck. But you know what? They a day, two days. But they can't do the sort of sure. new economy model, or they can't do the Tesla model where you're selling things at a loss to make, I don't know, to, to get share. I mean, that doesn't know, really right? work if you're a trucker. Yeah, it does not. And it may when, not work if you're Tesla. True. <laughs> That's exactly support. right. So true. So when rates are low, rates are low, and it puts a squeeze. And Yeah. Better so to park no, in. I don't yeah. know. I guess that depends yeah. on the overhead you have, too. I mean, if you got to yeah. pay other other people, other employees, that money yeah. does yeah. have to go yeah. from somewhere. Or use great data products to find better paying loads. Yeah. You know, yeah. chase the blue, right? Yeah. Chase the blue. Yeah. Definitely. That's a sonar term. It <laughs> is. Yeah, familiar. So, Jonathan Gleave. Yes. What's he got to say? He's got to say, this comment makes too much sense. Yeah, he's referring to the one I just Wait. read. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, this, this is how we fix a felling industry if more drivers are owners or company owners. If more drivers are owner operators or company owners. Yeah. Thought this way, we could truly begin to turn the trucking industry around to make America great again. Really should start here. Wow. So you not say, through Trump, through, through, um, through, through uh, demanding proper rates, proper fair rates. rates yes. yes. You say if there's no profit in it, just leave it on the docks. Makes perfect sense. Then it would force shippers or receivers to compensate fairly. I also believe that if more people in the trucking industry thought along the same lines and other things such as emissions, which nobody spends adequate time in research and development and just refuse to buy a truck with that garbage on it, then maybe they wouldn't build any more electronic logs. Uh, same thing if more people refuse to drive trucks that have them. Um, products wouldn't make it to where they need to be and would be forced to take them off and get rid of the mandate. Mm. The way I see it is a problem solved. If you don't like it, don't do it. Well, I mean, it's Those kind of a, the ELDs are kind of a regulation. Thing. You can't just not buy it. I mean, you can buy a truck that doesn't yeah. have an ELD. The ELD is something you buy separate anyway, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I think it's just the, the common theme is too many regulations Yeah. Uh, to make makes drivers' lives more difficult. You know what, though? Emissions, ELDs, hours of service. You know what the you know what is kind of at conflict, though, or the cognitive dis- dissonance that I see kind of in the comment is regulation is kind of what would protect rates, right, for, mm-hmm. for drivers. And so they don't want the regulations. But part of what makes trucking beautiful but also a dangerous business is the fragmentation in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike most other modes of transportation, there's tons and tons and tons of owner-operators driving single trucks, driving small fleets, mm-hmm. driving 10, 10 carriers or less, right? I mean, yes. you've cataloged most of them. You, you, yeah. One of your most famous products was cataloging ELD usage and surveying that, right? That is correct, yeah, leading up to the 2017 deadline. So how do, I yeah. mean, it, how do you, with something that fragmented, how do you get everyone together and go, okay, we don't agree with this regulation, we're not going to do it, because isn't there always another guy or 10 other guys that are like, you know what, I do have to make this credit payment I do need to keep the trucks moving. I am going to use the LD, and I'm going to go pick up that freight. Yeah, it's the same with most. The, the problem is with most strikes. Yeah. Right? So teacher strikes, they, they yeah. have the, the same problem, right? I, I have to go pay my mortgage. Yeah. I, I can't go 
six months without working to yeah. get a, a raise that I'll be broke by the time I sure. get this raise. So you have different factions, and you see that all through history too, right? Yeah. Different factions where sometimes the leadership sells sells the populace out. Yeah. Um, the leader of the, the movement. So and it's always tough because you're, you're you're typically fighting a guy with a lot more money than you, or a corporation with a lot more mm-hmm. money than you. They can uh, you're going to start. You're often going to starve before they do. You are, yes. Yeah. That, that's it's kind of guaranteed, almost. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I fight for the little guy, though. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like definitely. to see some of that. I'm not saying I just yeah. fight for the little guy, but I, I always think the strikes are sort of are sort of interesting. But especially in trucking, it's got to be really hard to make something like that work. Yeah, you have to get everybody on the same page. It would be like herding cats. Yeah. Well, then here's a, here it comes again. We're like, so regulators are looking to ease rules for CDL knowledge testing. And this this ignited some fire on our boards. Jeff had to say, oh, yeah, make it easier for drivers to get a CLD. You should be making it harder with all the idiots on the road, including some truckers. Not one of you people in the FMCSA has had a CDL or been in a truck. What gives you the right to make laws? I wouldn't I wouldn't pull teeth because I'm not a qualified dentist. All right. Well, you yeah, know, fair enough. That is fair enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, or make laws about pulling teeth, I think, would be a more, what, more like a more equitable more, metaphor. More, more, yeah. more accurate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it probably would. So uh, I, well, I yeah. don't know how how much uh, more training you need for a CDL. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess. I guess driver. Well, I mean, drivers are typically against, um, you know, lowering the age for this and lowering the lowering the age to get well, a CDL yeah. and for lowering that because it cuts into their market opportunity. Oh, yeah. It, br- it brings, it opens up the pool of qualified drivers. Yeah. Or more quali- or additional qualified drivers, which increases capacity, which you know puts pushes down the rates that we were talking about just just well, a second ago. I think it's because also like regulations take they lag. They're on their, they're like on a year delay. Yeah. So a lot of these are like they're reacting to the narrative of a driver shortage mm-hmm. last year. Where you know if you ask drivers, they'll always tell you there's no such thing as a driver shortage. You know yeah, that, yeah. that they don't believe in it. Yeah, there is. Yeah, no such thing. So okay, so I think we're going to go back to rates again. Yeah, it's yeah, article from, on rate from, trends. From rate trends. The rates are being offered are ridiculous, and they allow brokers to get away with it. Mm. Carriers who accept those cheap rates need to understand they are hurting us all, including themselves. Yeah. We have to pull together and take pride in what we do and get paid what we deserve. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of yeah. the same themes amongst these uh, these drivers. Yeah. And, and the brokers are always the uh, the bad guys. The yeah. scapegoats. Right? Yeah. So... Adam Gregory, he took umbrage with the picture used in that article. And the picture used was of a driver. He had this really nice sleeper yeah. cab. It was a small space, but in there he had like a uh, he had like a curved widescreen TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had some sort of like web TV hookup, mm-hmm. and um, he he was going to watch Sour Grapes on Netflix. He looked like he was uh, aside from being a little crammed, he looked pretty comfortable. He did, yes. Well, Adam Gregory said, "I can't speak for many drivers, but." I don't, and we don't have large flat screens in our trucks with Wi-Fi. That pick is very misleading, gives the public a false sense of life on the road. It's a tough way of life, but being paid to sleep isn't the answer. Uh, raise rates, raise driver compensation. How much? Well, start at 80, 80 cents a mile. Based on experience and credentials, it can increase from there. No more owner-operators. Oh, wow, interesting. Wow. Wow, he took, like, that was like, a, all of a sudden he went to like a very, know, very right? hot take. Because yeah. we started on just like the inside of a sleeper cab, and then it just, it morphed now into, into no something. More. He he raised the level of the game. Yeah. You know? Or is no, he saying, I don't know, or is, yeah. it's hard, you know, sometimes when you're reading text, like, or is he saying that there'll be no more op- owner-operators if they don't? I'm kind of confused. Because that I, seemed I, like I, a really I, big jump at the end, I, right? I know, that right? No, no more owner-operators. Well, okay. So, so I, I, I don't know what that I means. Don't I don't know what he means either. Is, is he against owner-operators? I don't know. Or 
or is he saying that the future will have no more owner operators? I guess if they don't get paid eighty cents a mile. I don't know. My takeaway, my takeaway from this comment though is now I'm very interested on what our listeners' sleeper cabs look like. So if you're a driver, yeah, send us a picture of your sleeper cab. Tweet it at me at Timothy Dooner. That's T I M O T H Y D O N E R, or email to me at tdooner at freightwaves. Dot com. I'd love to see the the inside of it. I'm I'm really curious about what I, some of you guys are doing. If you have if you have a really awesome one, maybe we'll have you on to uh, come yeah, on down here to yeah. Chattanooga. And I'd show be, us, be uh, great to see like a curved screen TV. Yeah, and and you know just or like really outfit MTV cribs, but like the inside yeah. of uh, of trucks. Yeah, velour. Yeah, I'm down. I want to see some velour. We got our next show. Yes. All right, you and me, Kevin. You got it. <laughs> Well, Kevin, some plugs here. Uh, we're running a little long, so yeah. you they can find you uh, where? You, you're often on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm on Freight Waves now at least uh, once a week. Yeah. And basically uh, in, in Sonar, we have a lot of research reports, um, bankruptcies, failures, yeah. uh, uh, rates, right? A lot of the topics that, that we went over on the, the comments right there. Yeah. Uh, so... So basically, you can find those reports in uh, the freight or in go to Sonar. YouTube, right? Go, yeah. to, go yeah. to YouTube. We, go to and, go to Freightways. Yeah, what and do articles I say to? on Freightways and, too. And, and hit subscribe. And then when you hit subscribe, what do I say to do? Ring the cowbell. I don't smash know. that S- bell. So you get a notification yes. every time. Yes. I remind you guys all the time. You got to smash the bell. Yes. Yeah, and you're practically a contributor on this show. You've, you not only you co-hosted, but you're on quite a bit yes, to this one. You uh, you work mm-hmm. right behind me. We, uh, <laughs> and we actually started <laughs> yeah, around at this company around the same time. So exactly right. Yeah. And you were uh, you were on what the second or third insiders? Uh, I don't know, second or third. Yeah, yeah. Z Schreiber yeah. was on last yeah. week. Speaking of another show, plugging that. Know, yeah. Freightways Insiders podcast players everywhere yes. or Freightways.com podcast. Max Farrell of Workhound. He is a super interesting cat. He's going to be on the next Freightways Insiders nice. out tomorrow. Uh, he, uh, also a rapper. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know yeah. that. Uh, Eminem oh, is an really interesting. Interest, apparently. And he's also working on driver retention. He has a driver feedback app. Check it out. They are Iowa based. Um, like I said, this show, you can find the replay of this. If you came in late, go over to YouTube after we're done. There'll be a, there'll be a version of this or on Facebook. You can hit the replay on there, or you can listen to this the old fashioned way. You don't have to look at us at all. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, everywhere. Podcasts are heard around the world. Subscribe. You get a brand new episode. <sighs> Let's hit that bell, man. Let's hit the bell. All right, let's, hit, let's, hit, oh, let's do it. How do you feel yeah. about your How do you feel about your first time hosting the show? It was fun. Was it it was more than fun. It was yeah. phenomenal. You're a great host. No. Oh, no. Do it with me now. On one. The fuck. So big old little cowbell of the weekend. Big old little cowbell for Kevin. Here the calls for the first time. Big old little cowbell for Chad, who's missing out there. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? And where in the world is Chad Brevos? Not Colorado. Unless you took a cruise there, which I want to hear about. And Kevin, tell us uh, when your boxes show up from Amazon. Tell us what you ordered. We really want to hear it. See ya.